Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, it's Faye OJ and you're tuned into The Motion, where we get conversation moving in the best way possible. From music to culture to politics to fashion, no conversation is off the table. And this podcast is guaranteed to get your emotions in motion. Each week, I'm joined by some guests with conflicting opinions. And they engage in a little bit of tug of war with my opinion, hoping to sway my vote to their side. This week, we're getting a little bit more contextual and a little bit more serious. Given the recent advancements, emphasis on advancements and not beginnings of the Black Lives Matter movement, it's been very evident that the police are not really it. There have been calls to reform the police, defund the police or abolish the police. Today, we're going to be focusing on complete abolition versus defunding. Would abolition lead to anarchy and a little bit of a purge? And therefore, should we just defund policing and limit the resources? Or is today's police state the real purge itself? Heavy, I know. Given the global nature of this topic, we're going international with our guests. All the way from Toronto, Canada, we have Rennie, known online as XO Rennie, an outspoken diversity, inclusion and belonging advocate who is a marketeer by day and YouTuber by night. She's also said here that she loves to school people on why they're wrong and racist wherever she is. Hey guys. Back in London, we have Apple Parashell, one third of the Brown Sugar podcast. We've got a lot of words coming up here. So, an advocate of an intersectional, multi-pronged approach to deconstruct the white supremacist, heteronormative, capitalist patriarchy. Feel free to, you know, use a dictionary if you <laughs> don't know what any of those words mean. I also feel like she's going to make me say that she's my sister, but we're still waiting on the results for that. So take that what <laughs> oh you will. Hey guys, um, I'm Apple Perichelle. Just as a little fun teaser question, so you listeners can know these two a little bit better. Apple Pear and Rennie, if you were ever arrested, what do you think it would be for? <laughs> I'd be protesting something and they'd be arresting me for disorderly conduct or something. I was just gonna say being drunk and disorderly, to be honest. I've had a few run-ins with the cops. Uh, I'll scrap this out. It'd obviously be for protesting, you know, environmental damage. Absolutely leaving that first bit in. Rennie is on the side of abolishing the police completely, whereas Applepair thinks that we should focus on defunding the police. With that, let's get into these opening statements. the police force specifically in the United States and Canada were never meant to protect black and brown people so they consistently brutalize us they kill us and the problem is that there are never any repercussions because the entire system was made for their benefit I really don't think there's any way to actually reform the system we literally have to do away with it completely I think there are so many myths about policing and the benefits of policing but the gag is that the police spend most of their time on non-criminal matters, such as patrolling our neighborhoods, noise complaints, traffic infractions. So we need to just do away with them and invest in our communities. While I agree that reforming the police, it's been tried, it's not going to work. I do think that when we are addressing matters such as, you know, police reform and also like public services, we need to also have a pragmatic approach. Obviously, the police in the US started to patrol slaves. But I do think that when we 
look at just the root of what policing actually is the police are supposed to maintain law and order they're supposed to improve public safety and i do think that we kind of can't just kind of ignore that fact i do think there are huge problems with the police but i do i don't think that um abolition should be the main focus before i start my interrogation i just want to define two terms so to abolish is to formally come to an end whereas to defund is to prevent the receiving of funds or to divest funds i guess the main distinction here is whether defunding is an end in itself or a means to the end of abolition with that i'm just going to dig a little deeper into some of the views you guys have opened with As someone who is smart adjacent, I get a lot of my facts on <laughs> these issues when I watch fictional TV shows which surround these issues. For Life is a show by 50 Cent, it's his new show After Power, and it's based around the prison system, and there's a new warden who's very heavily focused on reform. So she wants the prisoners to have more yard time, to be able to see their families, etc. But because the people at the top do not want this to happen, and they throw so many obstacles her way, such as putting like the most dangerous criminal in the US in her prison, who she cannot reform like literally probably only god can reform him <laughs> and it makes me think of the obstacles that are facing both defunding and abolition like what are practical ways to work around these obstacles with the people that we have in power today that's the whole problem because if there were good people in power then the system would probably already be abolished they wouldn't be b investing billions of dollars into it every year and how how are we going to do that how are we going to ch change trump's way of thinking think about that boris's way of thinking Trudeau's way of thinking, there's no way. Yeah, I know it's like an ideal, like utopia state, but I really think that we have to keep pushing and putting pressure on and electing more black and brown people into positions of power so that it will actually be done. Because as long as we have white people uh, who perpetuate white supremacy in power, there's, there will not be any change. But I think defunding does not actually change anything because you still have the same people who are in the system. So for abolishing, the best way to go about it, I don't know, uh, Minnesota just did it, or they plan to do it. I completely agree with the importance of representation, but I don't know if it's solely the answer because, you know, there are the Uncle Toms and all of that. And I think we've seen a lot of examples where having black and brown people in positions of power just isn't enough. Power corrupts at the end of the day. We had a black president, Obama. I say we, I'm not even from the US. <laughs> there was a black president and not that much changed realistically. People think you get into positions of power and it means you know you can change the world etc etc but the truth is there kind of has to be like a paradigm shift and until there's that paradigm shift we can't really get to like these utopian visions and states in the meantime i think reducing the power the police has in society angela davis she says something that goes along the lines of safety safeguarded by violence isn't safety and i think this is like the main my main argument anyway in defunding the police we're reducing like proactive policing so like police going into neighborhoods where they think there's crime they think there's drugs there's like oh you know there's definitely going to be some criminals here what police are actually supposed to do is like maintain law and order and also just kind of promote public safety so like they should be more preventative rather than curative and defunding the police is like kind of attacking the root okay so i have some questions on that but Rennie, i feel like in anyone's mind abolition would be the way but whenever i hear it it literally sounds so idealistic so you know you're walking on the street and you see someone doing wrong so you call like this number that's not 99 but it's like 998 and someone else comes and it's just it just doesn't really seem you know that 
realistic to me. But in that situation, what, what crime are they committing? Like, say they're robbing a bank. A lot of people who are robbing the bank is because they have no money. That's the reason why they're robbing the bank. So if we invested that money, all, all that money into the communities, I think crime would be decreased so much. A little history of like where the police came from. In like 1749 in the UK, the first idea of the police were like the Bow Street Runners or whatever. And so they were sort of like volunteers. They weren't paid. They were just like, oh, you know, I see this guy on the run. Here he is. A lot of countries, I'm assuming Canada as well, but I shouldn't, had this sort of idea where there weren't official police, but there were watchmen. Abolition sort of wants to return to this idea. And I think I'm very wary of returning to things from the past because clearly there's a reason why it didn't work. In countries like the US, Canada, the UK, these countries are tapped in my opinion and it's just not really possible. Like the amount of people here, if it didn't work in the past, I guess why would it work now? But what's the alternative? Like to keep being killed by the police? It's basically saying, okay, so we can't move towards abolition, so let's just keep going out the way we're going. Is that the alternative? The way they kill us is ridiculous. People are suffering from PTSD because they're seeing their friends and family being murdered all the time. So I don't, ag I don't agree with your, your points. Alpha, <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to pick up on something you said earlier. I don't know why you think that defunding will mean that suddenly the police are going to change their focus away from these communities and just on, you know, picking up the phone or doing bureaucracy. Like, who is there to make sure that that change in mindset happens? Because unfortunately, a lot of these ideas are entrenched and a lot of them aren't very educated. You'll be asking, why have you stopped me? Why have you stopped me? And they'll be like, oh, because I can. I don't need to explain why. Very obvious. It's not that you don't need to explain why. You actually just don't know how to explain why. So when you have these sort of ideas of, I could do it because I can, why is taking money away from that suddenly just going to change the whole mindset? Like, surely you have to scrap this whole system and start from the top. And the more people, I guess, don't see it as such a, an ideal, then maybe it will be achievable. I do hear what you're saying, but I do think that when people hear defunding the police, they're just kind of like, this is defunding the police and full stop. The defunding the police is divesting and also investing. In the UK, we spend more on the police than we do on, like, primary education, social care. That is ridiculous. In every society, the allocation of public spending kind of determines the society that we're in. If you're literally taking money away from them and you're investing it into the communities, you're kind of minimizing the chances of them kind of going on these power trips, abolishing them completely. I don't think that's, firstly, I don't think it's pragmatic and I don't think it's necessarily the best approach. I just think we need to minimize what they're actually doing in society and re-articulate what their roles are. Just to that, if you put money into communities, right, you stop those crimes that are caused because, you know, someone doesn't have money so they're stealing from a grocery store. I think we have to acknowledge that there are people who aren't doing any of these things that are still getting criminalized by the police. So defunding and putting money into that, okay, that just makes more people who are criminals now, in air quotes, not criminals. But we've seen cases of not criminals still being criminalized, still being killed, still being hurt. So how does just decreasing the amount of criminals decrease the power of police? Okay, so it's not going to get solved overnight as well. But the reason why, in my opinion, the reason why police are literally just on these power trips is because the institution of the police allows them to do this. When the police departments have more money, the cops become more dangerous and they, they over-police, right? 
rather than under police. But if police departments, like we're saying in society, we need you less. I don't know, the chiefs are sending them out on less like stop and search. We're focused more on like answering sexual violence um, reports, things like that. We're focusing on like the areas in which the police actually could reduce violence and kind of de-escalate certain situations. Little by little, you're minimizing the dependency on the police and you're also minimizing the power that the police actually have to just go out over police because they don't even have the funds. Like even if they wanted to, they couldn't. As I said before, smart adjacent. So, you know, facts, don't double check me on them. But what I learned about the French Revolution and, you know, from watching Les Mis is that they wanted to get rid of the king, they got rid of the king, but I think eventually they they still had someone on top that was not a king, but might as well have been and was in a position to abuse. I fear that abolition of anything isn't really possible with human nature. But I don't know if people are inherently bad people. Like, I don't think every single society is individualistic. Maybe the societies that we live in are hyper-individualistic. So I think the lack of care that people have for each other is actually not normal in the countries that we live in. It's, it's actually abnormal and it goes against our human nature personally. If you look at this COVID, whole COVID thing, people in Canada don't want are fighting about wearing a simple mask. But if you look at other countries that maybe not have, capitalism may not be what system they operate under, they are staying inside, they're taking care of like other people. So I think there's so many societies that actually excel when they take care of one another and i think we can get there but it'll take a very 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 long time and the whole system has to change in order for us to get there what you said about human nature i feel like it's sort of like what came first it's like a chicken and an egg sort of thing like what came first capitalism or individualism i understand that capitalism can reinforce it but i don't know if it's you know the complete cause because i feel like if we as humans in these societies you know were selfless then capitalism wouldn't be such a bad thing i think the two things are like really bad together but i don't know if it's the it's hard to be selfless in a capitalist society because what's the benefits but then if you're selfless would you be looking for benefits yeah well we all have to live like if the, if the government provided for every single person then there would be no need to be selfish but the government doesn't provide for us so if i need to eat I need, sometimes I need to be individualistic, right? Like, it's a byproduct of the society that we're in, in my opinion. Like, if every single person was fed, every single person was given a house to live in, every single person had their basic needs covered, I think individualism would go down significantly. If this system scrapped, do you think there's a world where police can, say, be built up with no guns and, like, no weapons? Like, maybe their outfits are even, like, yellow instead of black. Like, do you think there's a, a world where good police exist to me that's like saying can we imagine a world where of course you have like corrupt lawyers you have corrupt politicians do we think that there's a a world where good politicians exist i do think that we're just like underestimating the human ability to change if you look at the police right now of course they're all like brainwashed into the society but if we are investing more in education the people who are actually going on to become police officers aren't going to have this same mindset is the same thing with like the politicians with the lawyers of today if we look at like 20 years ago the mindsets of people if we look at it today it's changed significantly even for women for transgender rights for gay rights for all the different types of rights i don't think that having essentially i guess state sanctioned like let's say peace enforcers i would say that police can be this because realistically even if you invest 
500 billion into the community and it breaks down i guess the force that the police have let's be honest you're still going to have anomalies i don't think that we can just abolish prisons it should just become a last resort we just need to re-envision the way we see the police the foundation is broken and you're gonna say oh let's just keep like rebuilding this house rebuilding this house trying to make the house better but the foundation is broken so what is the point like it's just gonna keep crumbling and crumbling and it's gonna keep hurting people i don't think there's any kind of racial bias training or education that can actually change the system as it is. 2017 Indiana University study actually showed that there are only modest improvements to police brutality when there's more diversity in the departments and it only affects big city departments and the rest of the departments actually showed worse outcomes as diversity increased. So I think the whole culture of police force actually pushes people to be loyal to the blue, like, oh, blue lives matter, blah, 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 rather than actually seeing themselves as um, a person, they see themselves as that job. So there's a study that shows black police officers are actually they're doing more police brutality than the white police officers because they're trying to prove that they aren't favoring black citizens, which is insane if you actually think about it. But it just goes to show that you cannot be a good cop in a ba- in this bad system. We need to just abolish all of the cops and then I don't think we even need to start again one day. This week on the Listener Interlude, we have a listener called Destin. Reacting to the inequality is an inevitable evil episode. He had a lot to say. Lauren, I've got love for you, but you were saying some mad things, I can't lie. In her opening statement, she claimed wealth inequality was a fallacy, as if it's like an argument that's been presented. It's not an argument that's been presented, it's actual legitimate facts. Economists on a global consensus will agree that wealth inequality is present due to varying factors. It's a metric they use to observe the health of an economy. So it's not as if it's like some argument presented by leftists to convince people of the failings of capitalism. No, it's an actual metric used within economics. When Nasir mentioned, what's the need of a billionaire to have a golden bath? Lola replied, who are we to dictate what a person needs and what a person doesn't need? Like, no, no one needs a golden bath. Humans have distinct defined needs based on their biology. As you can see in Mavlo's hierarchy of needs, for example, we have a, a need for food, a need for housing. Like We have set defined needs. A golden bath doesn't come into that under any state. So we see that we have a legitimate metric in Mavlo's hierarchy of needs of what a need should be defined by. In all fairness, I think Lola meant that wealth equality is a fallacy and something that's not really achievable, rather than inequality. Another thing is that as an economic student, we learn a lot of theories which end up to just not be practical or applicable because they completely ignore the behavioural aspect of being a human. Things that you cannot put in a list, things that you cannot apply across all societies or across all countries. And so I think that just looking solely at a theory and then saying okay no one needs a golden bath because the theory says so i don't really know if that's the best approach i can tell you for certain i don't need a golden bath but i don't think that we should all just live without luxury because not everyone can afford them i do think however that it's disgusting that some people live such lavish lives when people at the same time cannot even reach the benchmark of a basic need but i think what this debate 
asked is, is inequality an inevitable evil? I think that goes beyond what people should be doing, you know, morally. But we are now back to today's debate. So ready and Apple Pear, I am no longer a buffer. Feel free to go at each other and say everything you want to say. I think one of the main issues that we have with police is that they are not qualified to do most things. In the United States, the police officers actually only need 880 hours of training versus a barber who needs 1,500 hours of training. If you think about that, these people are holding lethal weapons, whereas a barber who's holding a, a clipper needs so much, almost double what they need. So if we actually And think- people are still having bad haircuts, so. <laughs> Right? I, I just don't think that police are qualified to handle all the situations that they are assigned to. So like the domestic violence situations, they become mental health counselors, they become all these things. And because they don't even know how to simply de- de-escalate situations, they just become violent and trigger happy and kill people for no reason. Instead of focusing their money on solving sexual assault cases, they're going to instead just oh, okay, we have less money for sexual assault cases. Now we're, we're just going to patrol more. Like, that's, how that's what they're going to do. If you completely scrap the police, this kind of assumes that civilians care enough to do this, like, community policing. It assumes that you see something happening, you're going to step in. Why would a civilian who's not being paid to, like, enforce law and order, why would they do that? Anti-capitalism, we literally have to dethrone everyone in power. Like, are you willing, are you willing to do that, to be honest? Are you willing to actually relinquish the benefits that you receive from capitalism, that you receive from, like, this authoritarian state? We have to talk about these things in a way that is practical for people to understand and conceptualise, in my opinion. I actually get your way of thinking because I think it's mine at times, but I think that's just because we haven't seen anything, you know, so revolutionary in our lifetime yet. But slavery was abolished. Do you know what I mean? The French Revolution, they did overthrow the king. Like, there have been a lot of overthrowings. Look into history. There have been times where there have been, like, revolutional changes. And I think that there are benefits to being myopic, but sometimes we have to actually ask for more. Because it seems, like, so crazy, everyone's just like, yeah, we'll take this 10% budget cut. That doesn't mean anything to the police. I don't think it should be 10%. And I do hear what you're saying about slavery was abolished, but... I wouldn't even say slavery was abolished. I would say slavery was rearticulated because you still had these systems of power. Because we live in such an unequal society, we have to be pragmatic in our approach. I think that's the only the only way to actually affect genuine, like sustainable, long-lasting change. I'm just saying that I think sometimes it does take like a massive, massive thing for change to happen. Yes. Slavery is still happening. But imagine if slavery was still like the the big bad wolf of slavery that, you know, we all run back to. If that was still happening, but just at a slower rate. Apropos, you keep saying we need to be pragmatic, pragmatic, pragmatic. But when has being pragmatic ever solved anything? There's this thing called like you have to kill the cop in your head before you can actually like believe in abolition. Why do we need to police anyone else? That's not our role. And a lot of the times the laws that are in place are not actually moral. Me hopping the sub way and not paying is me technically breaking the law but like is it actually immoral like is it actually hurting people (laughs) no the police criminalize poverty if i can't pay that three dollar fee because or fare because i need to choose between eating or paying my fare for the the subway i will probably choose eating 
And then if I get a $200 fine as a result of that, then they're going to send me to jail because obviously I can't afford that $200 fine. So this is the thing, like I agree with decriminalizing and defunding. When I looked up what the actual definition of what a police person was, it's maintaining public and order and safety. The reason why we elect governments is to basically make sure that the human rights and liberties and the freedoms that I guess we sign up for in like the social contract are enforced because they're always going to be dissenters to these social contracts. Even if we're looking at like communist states, right? So it's not just a problem with capitalism. Have you guys um, read Animal Farm? Animal George Farm. Orwell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, But you haven't read it, have you? No, no, but it's <laughs> just one everyone always goes back to. At the end of the book, he says like, so everyone is equal, but some are more equal than others. This is, this is what it comes down to because it's like some people are always going to want like a bit more power. That like, I think we think of this like, if everyone gets what they want, then everyone will be happy. It, it doesn't work like that. I know that defunding is a means to abolition. Are you saying that, okay, say we cut their funding in half and now they have a thousand officers and now we have 500 officers, for example, then things will get better because they have less power. Is that what you're saying? I think the focus should be less on like the police and more like what we can actually do with this freed up money. Okay, we're gonna solve housing issues. People aren't gonna be living in poverty anymore. Their mental health issues will be taken care of. But like, I just think that no matter how much money we take away from them, they're still gonna criminalize us. Like Breonna Taylor was killed in her sleep. So I don't know if there's actually a way that even defunding the police will help. Like, I think we just need to get rid of them. Also in the UK, I think in 2016, they cut the number of police and crime went up. And at the same time, in the same year in the US, they increased the number of police and crime still went up. And this is because of the very, you know, nature in which we look at crime. You don't get that change in mindset with, with defunding. If you really think about it, there is inherently nothing wrong with the idea of what a police person is supposed to do. Maintain public order. So whatever, whatever system it is that you vote for, the police are just there to maintain this order, make sure that everyone's safe. People talk about police as, as if they exist in a vacuum. Police are just symptomatic of the issues that we have in wider society. They're just an extension of government. That's Ahmad. He wasn't killed by police. He was killed by civilians. Why was that? Because we live in such a like messed up society where racism is institutionalized, systemic. Because of that, they literally saw this black dude, made all these assumptions and they thought, oh my gosh, like we have to maintain public order. They didn't even need policemen to do that. But wouldn't you say that police are the reason why they felt empowered to do that? No. Yes. They know that they're not going to get in trouble for it. I, as a black person, I'm not going to bring up my gun on anybody because I know that I'm going to get in trouble for it. Even if I don't kill them, I'm going to get in trouble for that. These white men know that, okay, I probably have buddies in the police department. I, they didn't even get arrested for how many days? They're all linked together. I don't, I think the police actually empower them to do these things. And they hid the video. And that's not because they had money that they hid it. It's ways of thinking that are so, so entrenched, which is why I think it is going to take something drastic to really, you know, flip the system. Police are a symptom of the capitalistic society that we live in, in terms of the danger of the police. If you take away that arm that's literally holding it up, you've completely disabled an aspect of capitalism. And then I think that leaves room to focus on another thing that needs to change, such as like the political system or government or voting, and like voter suppression, etc. 
etc. But if we just weaken, you know, a little bit of these things, then that system is still really in place because it's so entrenched in all of our minds. Which um, leads me on to like another point. I don't know if abolishing the police will remove that sort of like snitch culture element because you're still sort of seeing people acting in a way and still calling somebody, you no? Know? Doesn't that just make us all snitches and just make us all cops? How do you remove that sort of cops in our mind element? I think punishment is the real thing. Like if I'm Karen and I call the cops on a black man who's doing nothing and I get in trouble for wasting the police's time, then maybe I will be deterred from doing this. But then with no police, who punishes Karen? The justice system. But the justice system is also broken. That's what I mean. So if we're really talking about abolition, I need you to, not you personally, but I need, how are we gonna get there? Our society literally allows these people with privilege to just do whatever they want. So I don't think that you just get rid of police and systemic racism disappears. It reduces their ability to like um, actually enforce harm. But I don't think just like getting rid of police and it's like, systemic inequality is just like solved before i make my decision ready and apple pet your final opportunity to get me on your side i think something that's so funny is that even with defunding both democrats and republicans in america are uncomfortable with this idea and so i think can we really even push that boat further out to abolition when it's barely even floating or do we just need to take the little carrot that we're given When people cannot see something, they cannot visualize it. They, they can't actually understand what this would ever look like. We need to be pragmatic because the powers that be are already against us. So the way I see it is we, we live in a society where education and not just like whitewashed education, not just a like kind of Eurocentric or like westernized view of education, actual education. You're raising up teachers, you're raising up lawyers, you're raising up doctors, and you're raising up policemen who aren't perpetuating this white supremacist, capitalist, heteronormative, whatever patriarchy that we live in, yeah? Because I don't think you can completely eradicate um, crime. I don't think you can er completely eradicate violence. But it's like the police are being like a tiny, tiny proportion of this. But you're not completely getting rid of them. You're just rearticulating what a policeman or woman actually means. <laughs> I think that as a society, we're so brainwashed that we can't even imagine any other solution to violence and harm. The system that we have as it, as it is right now perpetuates violence rather than ending it. So we have to remember that the laws are created by the state and most times the laws are to only protect their own power. And remember that legal does not always mean moral. No matter how much power you take away from them, as long as they have that title of police officer, they're still going to be doing the same thing, in my opinion. Maybe on a lower scale, but it's we don't want to just be killed on a lower scale. We want to just not be killed. So weirdly, someone that was popping into my mind when you guys were closing was Trump. And this is because of his whole build the wall campaign. It was drastic, it was revolutionized, it was sensationalized, and it's what gained traction and what won him the votes. And I think a more positive flip on that is to abolish the police. It's to the point. It's what needs to be done so that we can look at another symptom or another arm of capitalism that also needs to be abolished. I genuinely don't think it makes sense to believe in defunding unless you're trying to go all the way. Because I think we live in a very rigid system. Even though the wall wasn't built, it was this revolutionary idea that actually got people on board. Say you're doing a long jump. If you aim to jump all the way across the sandpit, you might land in the middle. 
but you're definitely going to land further than if you only aim to jump halfway through. And so I think that we need to be asking for what we want. We need to not be taking any inch that we're given, but really going for the mile so that actual change can be made. And so for that reason, the motion is closed. Ready, you won the debate, but it was a very interesting one. I definitely think abolition is an idea that you should read up on because even me at the start of this debate, I was pessimistic. I was like, this thing is not happening. We just need to change our minds and look further than the world that surrounds us. With all of that, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you learned something new. Have a great week and share the episode with a friend. And also while you're at it, check out the song of the voice behind this week's guest memo, Cleo Ski, 3am in Ardwick. And if you don't want to miss out, you already know what to do. Follow us on all our socials at the motion underscore on Instagram, at the motion pod underscore on Twitter, and email us at the motion podcast at gmail.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.